Hey there, welcome to The Career Prescription. I'm your host, Marjorie Stiegler. This podcast is all about the important stuff they don't teach you in medical school, about how to treat your career like the business it really is, and how to be strategic about your success. I'll show you how to use modern strategies to get ahead, create your own path, and do more of what you love. Every episode is inspired by questions from listeners just like you, so be sure to subscribe and of course send me those questions so I can use them on a future episode. So you don't miss anything, be sure to always check the show notes on my website. Are you ready? Let's get into it. Hey there, I am so glad that you have joined me on this episode of The Career Prescription. It's Marjorie Stiegler here. I am going to share with you a four-point checklist to be sure that you are using social media the right way for your business. There is a right way and a wrong way. The There's many right ways, but the reason I know there is at least a distinction between a right way and a wrong way is because so many of my students and listeners and people in my audience bring up social media as a major, major challenge for them that's so very time-consuming and they're not sure what to do on it and it doesn't seem to be delivering an ROI in terms of their business or professional goals. So we are going to break that down today. Now, as with all episodes, this is based on a question. I already knew this question exists in the minds of so many people, but Melissa from Santa Monica wrote to me and asked me, do I need to get on TikTok? She says, it seems like everywhere I look, people are on TikTok, and I just can't bring myself to do it. It's not my style. But I can also tell that the people who are getting in early are getting the most followers. Should I bite the bullet or keep doing what I'm doing? So Melissa, that's a great question. My short answer is, keep doing what you're doing if it's working for you. But my longer answer is going to be consider this four-point checklist to see whether you're using social media the right way for your business. Now, I understand there's going to be new platforms all the time. There are some that I think are solid, not going anywhere, and others that will be new. They may be effective. They may be fads. uh, But you don't want to spend your time chasing those new sort of shiny objects. Um, Many of you listening already know that I am a big believer in not being on every single social media platform. It takes an awful lot of time and it is it is very uh, effortful and time consuming to do that, even with some of these uh, services that you can get that are supposedly going to syndicate your content everywhere. Now, because being knowledgeable about social media platforms is actually part of my own business, I do have accounts in many more places than I actually use. And I do experiments on those platforms or with third-party social media tools from time to time. But the core of my professional activities on social media uh, is really very focused. So listen to this short episode all the way to the end because I'm going to give you a little secret about social media and how there is so much more than meets the eye. But first, I am going to be going through this four-point checklist. So In a nutshell, you can think about this episode as understanding whether or not you are using social media or really just being on social media, or whether you are leveraging it strategically for your business. So these are two entirely different things. Almost everyone is on social media. Almost everyone is using social media. The real question is, are you leveraging it strategically for your business? 
is social media an effective tool for your business? So no matter where you are, in your car, in public, or wherever, please repeat after me. You do not need to be everywhere all the time. I'll say it again. You do not need to be everywhere all the time. You do not need to be everywhere all the time. You do not need to be everywhere all the time. And in fact, you should not be, in my in my view, unless you have sort of a massive social media management team. And here are three reasons why. So again, before we get into the checklist, this is an important concept. So first of all, each platform has its own personality and its own format. So images and text and hashtags and even user account names, these are not optimized for sharing across multiple platforms. So unless you want to look very unprofessional, you're going to have to change them or have someone else change them for you. You're going to have to resize images. You are going to have to modify your text in terms of length or perhaps just the conversational tone, perhaps the amount of text that's shown before someone has to click to see more. You're going to have to change the hashtags because these will vary not only which hashtags are most effective on platform to platform, but also how many are sort of common and appropriate to use on each platform. And then finally, user tags are not the same. So you may want to tag some colleagues or some companies or whatever it is, and they may not have the exact same username across all of the platforms. Um, This is a good reason, by the way, for you to try to keep that consistency if you can, but it's not always possible. So I just want to call that out, that this takes some optimizing and some manual effort to really make it uh, good across the platforms. And these these, uh, services that you can buy that will sort of syndicate everywhere usually don't do all of those things or they don't do them that well. The other reason you don't need to be everywhere all the time is that your audience is not on all of those platforms, I promise. They are on one or two primarily, maybe on three, but when you think about what people use different platforms for and the demographics of each one, you want to really choose the ones where your target customer is engaging and you want to focus your efforts there. And I promise you, it's not everywhere. It is likely not TikTok, but if it is, then yeah, you may want to go there, Melissa, uh, or anyone else who's listening to this, Uh, but only if you have done some work to really determine that that is a prime place for your target customer. The third and final reason you do not need to be everywhere all the time is that if you post, it's social media and people will expect you to reply. So that takes up a lot of bandwidth because you're going to be having to have conversations and monitoring for notifications across tons and tons of platforms. And even if you have, again, a software that brings it all into one dashboard, it's still an awful lot of work. And I don't think it's a good idea to automate this either by a software or by outsourcing to all of your platforms because there is something special about you and your brand voice and you and connecting directly with your customers. So while there are certain questions, perhaps um, actual customer service questions about your business and things like that, that you can certainly outsource, and you can have a team that responds to people in that way, I wouldn't recommend that you build those initial social media relationships um, in an outsourced way. I think that sometimes is sort of clear that 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 part of your personality that's really going to link you with your audience and with your customers will be missing if you outsource that. Now, 
If you had an eight-figure business, sure, I can definitely see the benefits of having a huge team that takes care of all of your content, optimizing it for platforms, posting it everywhere, implementing active growth strategies on those platforms beyond just posting your content, and also keeping up with engagements and communications that you get on the platform. And perhaps some of these folks who will likely be quite expensive may be able to mimic your brand voice and tone. Uh, and still though, you know, it's there's something missing between that sort of person-to-person interaction in the early stages of growing your social media platform and connecting with your customers there. But I don't have an eight-figure business. I have a six-figure business. And you may have a six-figure business, or you may have a five-figure business, or you may just be starting out. So whatever your business is on social media, it's totally fine. Um, And in fact, it's better than fine. If you have an eight-figure business, this episode really isn't for you. If you are starting out and you're you're in that five-figure range or, or lower, then this, you are the person that I'm speaking to in this episode. So here comes that four-point checklist for you to take a look at at your social media activities with a really critical eye and figure out exactly whether you are just sort of on social media and using social media, or if you are truly strategically leveraging social media for business success and growth. Here we go. So number one, where are you spending your time on social media? This is the first checklist uh, activity. You should take a look at where you are spending your time. Now, it's all virtual, of course. So what does the word where even mean on social media? This could be in an actual group, a specific platform, right? Like, is it on Facebook? Is it on Instagram? Is it on Twitter? It could be in a group within one of those, a Facebook group, a LinkedIn group, for example. Um, It could be around a hashtag, which although is not a closed space, is sort of a way to mark conversations and people will return again and again to certain hashtags to see what's going on there. But you are the only person who knows where your ideal audience and ideal customer is. And that's because only you know exactly what you offer because you're the one who has gone through, I hope, all of the work to figure out uh, your ideal customer and your ideal product, your branding and your development. So you're the one who knows. And if you haven't done that yet, I strongly recommend that you do. You can certainly check out my website for those kinds of resources. Uh, But you are the one who knows what you bring to the table. You know who it is that wants that and really values it and that would want to be your client or customer or audience member. And so you ought to know where they are on social media and you want to be able to recognize them when you see them there. And that is where you should be spending plenty of time, even though that might be a departure from your norm. Now, I hear this all the time. So many of my students bring this up and so many people who are are soon to be students bring this up and they say, you know, I'm on social media so much. How do I how do I fit more time in? How do I even do this? Well, upon digging a little bit deeper, we realize people are on social media for, for quite a bit of time each day, but you cannot spend all of your time with your own friends and your own colleagues. That is not leveraging social media for your business. It can be a great way to learn and to network and to stay connected in your professional circle, but this is one of the number one challenges I hear from students whose businesses are not really getting the traction is that they don't have time to use social media well for their business. And I'm just going to push right back on that with a challenge and I say, yes, you do. You do have the time, but you're spending your time in the wrong places and on the wrong activities. So That's number one. Where are you spending time on social media? Is your audience, your clients there? And are you doing the work to engage with them and become a well-known expert in that space? 
Okay, number two on the checklist. Are you leveraging your interactions and your posts for your businesses in the right way? So you have perhaps a whole lot of content. You may have, if you've been at this for a long time like I do, many blog posts, videos that you've done. Perhaps you have a podcast. Perhaps you have a YouTube channel. Whatever it is that you have, you probably have articles, some other types of content. And when you're reading posts from other people on these various platforms where you're spending time, where your ideal customer uh, and your audience are, you read their comments and you read their questions and you think to yourself, I have an answer to that. I've written an article about that. I did a roundup on that. I have a video on that. And when you're seeing people ask questions in their communities and you already have the answer to it, you should be sharing that. Now, you should be sharing it in a way that is helpful and not spammy, right? Sharing it in a way that gives people not only some useful tidbits, but also lets them know that you have some subject matter expertise in this way. I'm not recommending that you sell in this sort of forum unless it is your own. So many of you do have your own group, right? Your own uh, private groups in some of these social media channels. And in, in that case, it's a little bit different than you can, but you want to be very, very respectful of the rules of the groups if it's not your own and the norms of that type of platform, right? And what people will see as value versus what they will see as spam, uh, because that is not the way. So you got to be really careful about understanding the norms and the etiquette. So you want to share your expertise. And I think it is okay. And again, depending on the rules and the norms and the etiquette to help direct people to a helpful resource. And I think it's okay also if that resource is an opt-in type of freebie on your website, but I wouldn't do that every single time. And I would be 100% clear about it so that nobody feels as if you are being spammy or sneaky. It may be more appropriate for a direct message. So rather than leaving a link in a comment, which in many other people's groups will not be permitted, it will be viewed as promotion. So you may want to just leave something that's helpful information, and then also say you happen to have an additional video or post or some other resource that you'd be willing to share and for them to DM you if you're interested. Most groups, and of course, you've got to do your due diligence, but most places, this is an acceptable way to give a helpful piece of information and then to mention that you have something more. Because of course, nobody expects you to recreate your entire post or a whole video series right there in the answer, but you should uh, be mindful of how you let people know you have it. What you want to always do, though, is make sure that you have a good, robust answer and that your answer gives people some value. Because when you do that, people will naturally want to check you out. They will say, here's a person who shows up on a regular basis, who has really insightful and thoughtful answers to stuff, seems like they know what they're talking about. I would like to just go check this person out. You know that because you've probably done that yourself. So you you will have people who will then come and look for you and they will naturally find some of your other things. Now, if you're going to be sharing URLs and you're going to be doing it either in comments in your own group or through DMs or whatever, I recommend that you have those links shortened and branded. So come by the show notes on my website and I'm going to give you some actual examples and some resources to look at how to do this, but your links ought to be shortened and branded. You know when you copy the full URL of something that it's it's not very attractive, it's super long, and sometimes having it all there is very distracting. So it's really nice to be able to share over something that is short and branded that will have perhaps your domain name and a slash and then a really you know clear indication of the subject. And then... Once you've got those links set up that way, you can set up keyboard shortcuts on your phone, or you can just even have a running document that makes it really easy for you 
to look at and access and copy and paste the links to your top posts and resources so that you can do this easily when someone reaches out and asks for them. That's a little bit of a digression, but remember that if it's your group, you can do whatever you want. If it's someone else's group, be very mindful and respectful of the rules, but in general, be sure that you're in the right place leaving helpful comments because people will then say this person is really adding value to the conversation, they are being very generous with their advice, and they will want to come and check you out. And people know how to use Google and how to search the social media platforms also to come find you. Now, I'm going to take a quick digression to say if you're not easily found, there are a lot of fixes for this inside the branding prescription and over on my website, and you absolutely must ensure this. You have got to be easy to find. But for the purpose of this podcast, I'm assuming you're all set there. You are easy to find. And if you are easy to find, people will come find you. It's important to be sharing value, to be generous with information, and to be ready to follow up with people. But generally speaking, especially if it is not your group, this is not a place to sell. It is not a place to spam or be aggressive. It's just a place to add value because you want your ideal customers and community members to begin to be familiar with you, your content, your style, and to to think of you as the expert that you are. This leads me to number three. When a person does come to seek you out and they look at your profile page of whatever social media platform you're talking about, can they tell immediately that you have a business? This is something a lot of people seem to shy away from, and I'm not sure why. Do you have clear, consistent brand language that is readily apparent in your bio and on your website and elsewhere? Can they tell from the nature of your own posts on your own feed that you have subject matter expertise and that you have some kind of a business linked to this. Because as we, as you know, just from existing in the social media ecosystem, a lot of people have information and experience, but that's not connected to their business. It's not what they're selling. Maybe they're not selling anything. They just happen to be active in this space. And so they know you want for people who are coming to check you out to know right away that you have a business in the area in which you've been posting, where you've been posting answers to their questions and solutions to their problems. This is how people will want to continue to engage with you and explore what it is that you may have to offer. Now, shout out to my branding prescription students who already know how to do this very, very well. And also even the alumni from the speaking prescription, which focuses on this and my transformed retreats. And many of you who even just visit my blog and videos already know how to do this. But if it's new to you, or if you just haven't done it in a while and you're due for a refresh, come on by my website, marjoriesteglermd.com, find the show notes and get links to a couple of the resources to help you create that brand language, those important elements that help people understand sort of who you are in terms of your expertise and credentials and perspective, and also who you help so that they will know if they are your customer and how you help, what you do, so they have some idea of what to expect and whether or not that's what they're looking for, and how people can feel after they benefit from working with you or hiring you or inviting you or whatever it is that you're doing. So you want to be sure that when a person comes to your bio, they can tell immediately that you have a business. That is number three. So this brings me to number four, which is, is your effort and time on social media getting the job done? And what do I mean by that? What What is the job? Well, if you haven't really thought about this before, a lot of people get this wrong. The job of your time on social media or your social media platforms is not to grow your platforms. 
It's not to get more followers. It is not to go viral. This is not the job of your activity, generally speaking. The one and only job of your business on social media, your efforts for strategically leveraging social media for your business is to drive traffic and conversions for your business. And what does that mean? Traffic usually to your website or wherever it is that you sell something. So it could be a landing page where you accept payments. It could be a scheduling app where you get people on the calendar. It could be to your online course website or how to sign up with you as a coach, a consultant, whatever it is, or to your store if you sell physical goods, uh, to your speaker page if you are a speaker. But the number one job of your time on social media is to get traffic there which results in conversions. And conversions is when people take the action that you want them to do. The ultimate action usually is to buy something, right? That's how people make money and keep their businesses alive is through some kind of transaction. But sometimes the first conversions are free. And one of the most important conversions that you can get is somebody to opt in to your email list. And you do that, right? By giving them a reason to do so. You've already demonstrated yourself as having high value. And now you want to let them know that there's something for them to subscribe to perhaps, whether it's your podcast, newsletter, email, some type of resource, or some kind of free course or helpful, uh, helpful checklist, helpful download, helpful video, free webinar, whatever it is, some kind of a free value that is related to your business So we'll appeal to them because that's why they've come to check you out in the first place. And that gets people on your email list. The reason that this is so important is because people who are on your email list, you can communicate with directly. Obviously, they can unsubscribe anytime and you shouldn't spam people. You should email them things of value. But your growing platform on social media is not quite the same. You do not have as direct of a way to communicate with them when you want to and about what you want to until they're on your email list. It's really, really important that you understand having a huge platform is not the goal. Having posts go viral is not the goal. So if you are not getting this, back on up to the beginning and start with the other things. Are you in the right place where your actual customers are on a regular basis? And are you giving value enough for people to recognize you as sort of the person who can help them by consistently sharing and being generous and value added? And make sure that when people do come to check you out, they can tell that you have some kind of a business and that people will come to your website and they will engage in some kind of a conversion, either opting into your email list signing up for some kind of freebie, or possibly just enrolling directly or or contacting you directly. So those are the four parts on my social media for business checklist. But before I wrap up, I did promise you guys a social media secret. These are the metrics that really matter. I've mentioned already that the goal is not to go viral necessarily. And the goal isn't even really to have an enormous platform. Um, And it's certainly not to be on every platform all the time. So a lot of people are obsessed with numbers. You know, how many followers do you have? How many likes do you get? How many comments and shares? Now, these are all super. They're all, they're nice to have. They are important. They do increase the reach of your posts and they do help it perform better with these ever-changing algorithms, but they are not the most important metric for you to focus on. The most important metric for you to focus on are from conversions. And nobody can see that from your pages or your posts. And I'll just get very uh, honest and open here and give you a couple examples pull back the curtain. So generally speaking, students who enroll in my courses are pretty private and that's for good reason. Most are physicians and they don't necessarily want the entire world, like their partners, their colleagues, their bosses, or even their current patients or clients to know that they are thinking about making some you know, significant career changes. So they very often do not share or like or comment on my posts, but you know what they do instead? 
they click the links. They come to the website and they listen to the podcasts and they watch the videos and they sign up for the freebies and they attend the webinars. And then for many, they realize I can help them get closer to their dreams and they enroll in one of my major courses. And sometimes they'll hire me to come speak to their group or organization. But these are the invisible conversions that only I can see. And these are the key. These are my students, my paying clients. This is the core of my business. And they are the core of your business. It's not how many likes you have. It's much more about are people clicking through and are they converting? As an example to pull back even more, recently I had a paid offering that I shared across social media a handful of times. And I got really only a few likes, just one or two comments, really not a lot of apparent traction. But this offer brought in revenue of over $10,000 in just 72 hours. So at least in my book, that's success. So this is really important to understand. If you get this, if you realize that this is the ultimate sort of measure of success of your social media for your business strategy, then you'll realize that all four of the items on this checklist are true. You can get plenty of engagement and likes and and all kinds of love from friends and colleagues and other people who are not your customers, but that does not directly correlate to your business success. All right, go check out your own social media platforms, apply this four-part checklist, think about the way you spend time on social media. I hope you found this helpful. I know many of my students and audience find this simple conversation to be extremely eye-opening when they really look at what they've been doing on social media. And if this has helped you, I'd be so grateful for your review of this podcast because, of course, that is what keeps me going and keeps eyes and ears on this podcast. That's it for this episode. Bye for now. Thanks for joining me on this episode of The Career Prescription. Be sure to leave me a review on Apple Podcasts or whatever podcast player you're using to listen today, and definitely send me those questions so I can answer them and give you a shout out on a future episode. Bye for now. (music) 